Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Hey, hey, good gabbers. How's it going today? Uh, today, uh, just a special guest. This is the executive director of Joya, an organization that is close to my heart, and I know many of you. This is Colleen Fuchs. Welcome to Good Gab. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. We're excited to have you. So, well, tell us what Joy is up to right now. It's like, we know the Penny Drive just happened. Uh, I, I was there. I was up on... Uh, what francis this year i love that yeah that was a great cor- multiple corners it that was, was you fun. were with the shirt the shade old cheerleaders yes they whole, rocked yeah. it that was uh just it's always an exciting spot but i, I heard it was especially exciting this year so. <laughs> well that's funny that's yeah we normally had been up on the, the south hill on 29th um one of my dearest friends, uh, Ben Raskoff, oh, is yeah. on your foundational board, and I hope that, he, yeah, he, yeah, he uh, he's brought myself and the family into the fold. Oh, I love that uh, for a long time now. It's like, yeah, it's just been a real joy in our life. And I know my daughter; she's like always looking forward to it. She's like, hey, when do we get to go? You know, raise some money. And she's seventeen too. I was like, <laughs> all right, this is cool. I like, yeah, this. I was just gonna ask you how old that. That's a great thing for a teenager to be. To get behind some things, you know, you want them to be energized. Heck yeah, I know. We're, we're talking on this show a lot about, you know, that how to be a servant leader, you know, that servant's heart. Yeah. How do you get involved? And, you know, in our experience at home, it's just like, we just got to show up at first. Just give <laughs> some people, start. <laughs> right? Get some people, uh, have your kids have some experience. and yeah. yeah. And it's such a great thing to see as a parent. It just, it, it brings... It brings hope into the world. It makes me, I mean, that's why I loved being a teacher. Seeing the energy that kids bring just wherever they go. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just life. It's, it's very exciting. And it, it makes me really hopeful for our future. Well, we all need some more hope in our lives, yes, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> You're a teacher? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's my background. It was an uh, early childhood special education. But then when my kids were little uh, and growing up, I taught at the elementary school where they went to school. So... Yeah, I taught at pretty much every grade so I could stay part-time. I'd shift wherever. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Smart. I taught everything from uh, preschool through eighth grade. Awesome. Was that here in town? Yeah, at St. Aloysius. Cool. All yeah. right. So it's the St. Al's world. You got to see it all. Yeah, it's where it's where I went to school. It's where my dad went to school. It's where my kids went to school. <laughs> yeah. We haven't moved far from our little... 400 block of Cinto. <laughs> I love it. Spokane native. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Spokane too. It's like, I'm like fourth generation on my dad's see, side. you get it. But yeah. I've been around. Yep. And yep. it just, it's kind of fun to see these generations of kids. I mean, when I was teaching, I would say to kids like, I, we haven't met, but I probably know your parents or your grandparents, <laughs> maybe your great grandparents. <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well then how did how did the world of Joya, you know, come to you then? How did yeah. you get involved? Oh, it's a good question. And it actually brings me back to, to the neighborhood too. Um, so it started when I was uh, a special education uh, student, a student teacher at Gonzaga. And I was placed at what was then the Guild School for my student teaching. And um, small organization, but um, but just did things so well, so thoroughly, and and with such heart. Um, it was just 
so I had to leave there and go find another job. <laughs> um, and, and I did. I was an infant development specialist in uh, Idaho for health and welfare. And, and that was a good job too. But, um, but just nothing ever quite compared to the guild school. <laughs> yeah, the magic of the guild <laughs> yeah, school. No. Uh, and then I have four boys. Uh, so when the youngest of my four boys was born, so 10 years after I did my student teaching, um, he had a massive stroke. Uh, when he was 16 days old. And oh, wow. Yeah. That's scary. It was uh, very traumatic for everyone, especially him, but for all of us as well. Um, he wasn't expected to survive. Uh, he was, um, it, it was at the top of his brain stem. Uh, and so the sensory part of his brain was just obliterated. Um, so he looked as though he was comatose, like couldn't hear, couldn't see. Um, had no sensory awareness. And, um, and when they first, you know, explained what had happened and they said, don't, if he survives, don't expect he's ever going to walk or talk or feed himself or be functional. Um, and, and then they said, we're going to life flight him to Seattle and uh, hopefully, you know, stop the bleeding. Wow. Um, and we got to Seattle to the PICU and uh, Seattle Children's, and there was really nothing they could do to stop it. So they just kind of, it was like a wait and time. see. Yep. Ugh. Yep. And um, heart wrenching as a parent. It, it was. And, and I have this really, really clear memory that stuck with me of being because they, they life flighted me with him. It was about 11 o'clock at night. Uh, it's funny the things, November 6th, <laughs> I'll always remember that day. Um, and I was in the dark where, you know, everything was shut down. It was about three in the morning at Seattle Children's Hospital, kind of waiting for people to arrive for the next shift uh -huh. to find something out. And I remember thinking if, if he survives, I know exactly where I'm going to go to get him the services that he needs. And, uh, you know, the guild school was my first call, uh, as soon as we knew that he was kind of out of the woods, uh, that next week. Yeah, so cause you knew the power of the school and what they can yeah. do. Yeah. And just <laughs> that they would work individually with every single child, uh, and with us to help us understand him. And of course that being my, um, my field of yeah. interest, I want to take it all apart. I want to know everything about <laughs> everything that's going but on. That helps really. Cause um, it, like the, the medical side, it's like, no, I'm going to figure this out. Like let's hit the books. Yeah, it's true. And for parents there, you're learning a whole new vocabulary of all this uh, medical lingo and, and it's like entering a, a foreign land. So for uh, our listeners that don't know, you know, Guild School or Joya, mm -hmm. maybe like an overview of kind of how you help, you know, children and children with disabilities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. I talked about <laughs> how wonderful it is, but didn't explain. No, we just bury in the lead. It's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, our listeners are waiting. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, the Joya used to be the Spokane Guild School. It's been around for 63 years now. Um, many people know of the Guild School because of the Penny Drive. Um, and Joya was a rebrand, uh, but it is the same place. Uh, it's, um, I'll, I can go into that later. But <laughs> um, but we, what we do is provide um, therapy and special education services for children under the age of three. So we specialize in birth to three. All those formative moments. The first three years are absolutely the most critical for brain and and body development and um, and social 
development and emotional development and all of those like all of it all of those things <laughs> yeah you know, that that make us who we are um and so we help parents parents can self-refer or their doctors can refer or we get babies straight from the NICU or wherever they come from um they call us and we say great come on in we'll schedule you for an evaluation and we'll give you this whole great complete picture of your child's development up to this point. And we look at their medical history and um, we have a medical director, um, a pediatrician, Dr. Matt Thompson, who's also my brother. Nice. <laughs> it's all in the family. Um, he actually worked it. there. He worked there before I did, yeah. <laughs> um, which is interesting. But, um, but yeah, we, we can support the family with nurses and social workers and, you know, we, um, identify a, a family resources coordinator and connect them to every family as soon as they start. So we find out, you know, what do you need? Do you need help navigating your medical insurance? Do you need housing? Do you need food? Do you need uh, connections to jobs? Do you, are you well connected to um, providers and specialists already? And are you good to go? And we can back off. Uh-huh. But <laughs> if not, be here when you call us, we'll slide in where we can fill the gaps. Yep. Yep. So it's a, what um, a service at such a critical moment. It is, and it's completely individualized for every single family, um, depending on their their child's need and their need. So it's not, we're there to work with the child on their development, but we're there every bit as much to support the family through that whole process and, and whatever that looks like. For some, like a lay person like myself, like I've, like it sounds smart to have, you know be working with family and the kids because it's got to be all interconnected, but like is there, is there more to it than that or... What's yeah. the magic in the whole, the whole family <laughs> instead of the whole person? I guess that's really what I'm getting at. Right. Oh, it's a good question. And it's, it's hard because it is so different. It looks different for every family. Um, yeah, as, as a parent, okay, let me use myself as an example. If anybody should have known what to do and how to navigate various systems, medical um, education, all of that. I should have, I was right. You were in the world, other people on how to do that. Um, yeah. And, and have the training and the resources to be able to do that. Every family comes to the table with something different, different skills. Every family has strengths. Uh, we want to build on those strengths, but we also want to help mitigate the needs. So if it's a need for education, it's a need for connection to specialists, you know, whatever that may be. And it is, it is overwhelming in that moment as a parent, no matter how much you might know or how much experience you have, you are a parent like every other parent caring for your baby who is in need and everything kind of goes out the window. Um, And so it's the emotional support and the, um, you have someone to go to if you're somebody who needs to ask every question under the sun there is somebody there that can help you. We might not be able to answer all your questions, but we're there, but we're there and we're walking the walk with you, you know, whatever that looks like. Uh, People just need somebody to join them on their journey and, and support them. And, and that's why we're there. And we can provide all of the PT, for example, we want to a one-year-old, but if the parent doesn't really understand what's happening or the point or, or like, that's great. You're working with them, but you're the expert and I'm just the parent over here. So we want to coach parents. We want to bring them into it. They are the expert on their child and that they're the ones that will be 
with them, supporting them throughout their life. And um, see, we pick up the that that part at you know 15 years later, you know, at Skillskin when people are like yeah. starting to talk about employment and whatnot. And so I definitely understand that aspect of you know the parents like got to get people on board that not only to know that their child, yes, they can work, but they're going to be pretty successful too. Right. And they just have all these uh, barriers that have been created over time yep. thinking their their child isn't going to be successful. It's right. like, it's not true. And we, we, we can show you the way. Right. And, and it might look different than what you think it might look like, but just be open. That's exactly it. It's, um, it's also in those first couple of months and years helping parents kind of reframe. This isn't the way you thought it was going to go. And we get that, <laughs> but it doesn't mean all hope is lost. And so let's, you know, families really have to go through a process of kind of mourning the child they think they were going to have. It I never turns out the way anybody thinks it is. Yeah, ever. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> um, but usually that learning your, you know, coming to know your child happens over a period of time. And our families often have this kind of stark reality thrown at them suddenly. And so, um, and often, I think medical professionals don't want to, oh, I don't know, artificially inflate people's expectations or right. they want them to understand the seriousness and needing to follow through on their medical care and all that. So sometimes it comes out as, as really doom and gloom. And that coldness that can happen. Yeah. And I know it's not intentional, yeah. but it, it often just leaves people devastated. And so I think the very most valuable thing we can do is the, the very thing that carries on uh, when they're you know teenagers and later in life. And that's helping parents understand your child does have strengths. And a lot of them, a lot of them. And we're here to help you uncover them and learn about them as a person and then advocate for them um, while finding supports for the things that aren't their strengths. Yeah, it's, it's incredible to be a part of that journey, too, especially when I know for myself, like when the parents like oh, they get it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, OK, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we can. Yeah. But and and then helping them also by letting them see and have relationships with other families that are a couple years further down the road where they can see, Oh my gosh, that, that pure family support. Mm -hmm. That seems really smart. How does that look at Joya? Like how do you connect people up like that? Yeah, we we're working on doing more of it right now because we moved into this new building. So back to your original question, what's <laughs> happening at Joya? Everything's happening at Joya. I know your new building's so beautiful. It is. Oh. It's huge. Um, and, and it's, allowing us to do the things that we wanted to do that we haven't been able to do before. So uh, kind of our, our hopes and dreams about being in the university district and having a space that was designed specifically for our families. And, you know, you always, you think, okay, great things are going to happen if we do this, but you never really know for sure. Right. And it's happening. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What so. a great feeling. It is a really great feeling. And I remember like, if I remember correctly, I mean, this is a, many years in the making it was to like get there. like a 22 year dream. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, it, it's something that our sort of our founding, uh, people have uh, had been working on for such a long time and waited for just the right piece of property, waited for just the right contractors, wait, you know, just 
it, they were patient, more patient than I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have um, those partners. Yeah, I do is. not possess very much patience myself either. <laughs> <laughs> but I get to do the doing part of it uh, and the actually, you know, making it happen, um, which is pretty exciting because they teed it all up for me. That's uh, awesome. So what kind yeah. of services have come to light now? So we are still providing all of those therapy services um, along with the medical support and, and all those things that we always have. But in addition to that, we now have play groups that are open to the community so children up through age five um, anybody can bring their child you can look up on our website um mondays seem to be the big play group days um but we have you know various times with um kind of a different focus for each play group so there's one that's all about sensory play so if you have a kiddo who hates to walk across the grass because it prickles their feet <laughs> or um or maybe doesn't like goopy things or they you know have some food sensitivities or, um, bring them to our sensory group and, and we just play and do some fun activities and they are kind of enticed when the kiddo next to them is finger painting. They're uh -huh. more likely to, you know, get a little messy. Um, so we use play in a very sneaky way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, and then we've got language groups. We've got a library story time. So I'm um, teaching parents how to use, you know, reading a book, as a language opportunity uh, for your young child, for your toddler, um, and and just having fun with it, uh, and and it's you don't have to kids don't have to qualify for services, they don't have to have a delay, or we we want everybody to come and join in, and know that we're there as a resource. Really, too. so parents like if they're listening right now, they can yep. go to the website, see what's going on, yep, and see how to access uh, these playgroups. Yep. And, um, and what's then, that doing for the community? Like how, how's that build community? Yeah, that uh, it's a really good question. Cause some people would think, but what about, you know, aren't you focused on the families you're serving? Yes, we are. And we're focused on true integration. So yeah. we want a fully integrated world. And so in order to do that, we have to bring people together. And so creating opportunities and, and like taking down the, the walls, the barriers and the, preconceived notions about, oh, that's just a place where kids with special needs go. No, we're, we're a resource for young families. Heck yeah. All young families. And if your child has additional needs, we have services for that too. If your child... It's a continuum of services. Yeah. 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 Um, and then parents are meeting each other and, and those are the kids that, that their kids are going to go to school with. And, and it, it just, hopefully... Uh, breaks down barriers and and educates. I don't even think it's hopefully it has to like it's hard to you know I say this all the time it's like hard to hate up close right yeah and um yeah. you know it's not quite that for parents but it's like when people see people are different it's like no when you're hanging out it's like oh no right that's just Ben or whatever exactly yeah. yeah and and sometimes people are just scared and intimidated and and when they meet this little kid roaming around just doing funny things and being an adorable two-year-old. Um, I mean, I look out every day, having a bad day, look out in the hall yeah. and see one and two-year-olds tromping down the hallway. Um, and it totally changes your mindset. And once you see these little children in front of you, and then you might start hearing their story and realize, oh my gosh, they've been through a lot. Yeah. Tough. Mm-hmm. 
I know I, I was lucky to have some experience as a kid. Um, I went to this program like once a week. We'd go up to Bryant School for yeah. and but the people with uh, developmental disabilities were up there, and I just had never been exposed to anyone. And it's like at first I was scared too. That's sure. just the truth. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. And then just started to meet people, and yeah. like you said, learns people's stories. And I was like, all right, they're like me. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, trying to have fun and smile. And you find and, the similarities. And communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And there are more similarities than differences. I, I learned that over the years being up there. Yeah. And I, I know that fundamentally changed the way I looked at the world. But not everyone got to go up there, you know, once a week, right? It's like that. So I love what you're doing, like, right? Right at the beginning of these kids' lives. Yeah. yeah. And, and hopefully for the parents, too, connecting with other parents. Because as a parent... Uh, I never expected that I would have a child with special needs. (laughs) Never. I mean, even though that was the work I went into, it never really occurred to me that I could be on the other side of the table. Totally. And any family at any time, I mean, that, that's not to sound like (laughs) the sky is going to fall on you Mm. at any moment, but, but you just, nobody plans on those things happening. Um, And so to see other people, living happy lives and and just loving their children and um good things happening well i just want to commend you and joya for kind of taking that on right now because that's something that skills can too it's like we we believe at our core that you know this equal access to employment in our community integration into our community just it helps all it does and and we want to help people with disabilities you know find that joy of work yeah it's a lot more than just a job right it's yeah true. <laughs> and it's so true. yeah thanks so thank you thanks for uh being uh working so hard on that well and thank you for taking the deal heck yeah now we gotta <laughs> find the really middle was. part too that's what we're working on it's like how do we help kids when they're the school age kids the schools you know they got so much going on and it's like how we're we're asking this question right now right it's like how do we get into the schools and support these school districts support these teachers and yeah. support integration I, I it's a question we all ask ourselves all the time and and um one of the things that we like to remind ourselves of is if we do our job really really well <laughs> we are connecting those kids to other kids we're giving them the social skills they need and even if you know that cognitively they may still struggle through school as my son did you know school was not his strong suit but socially he was such a happy nice friendly kid that that got him through a lot of tough Mm -hmm. (laughs) situations and people wanted to help him and wanted to work with him and so you know giving kids and giving families these skills to kind of understand what what things are they going to need some accommodations for what things do you need to really let them work through just like any other kid is going to have to work through and sometimes do better than other times sure absolutely (laughs) um got to learn how to fall down so you can learn to get back up and you know just all of those things and if we do all that really well then we're hopefully making it easier for schools and yep. and increasing the likelihood that those kids are going to find some success, even if it's not, you know, being the valedictorian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there are many other ways uh, people can be successful in school and in life. Well, here, here to that. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. 
Colleen, I got a lot of hope right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. This is very good. It's good. Well, so what's some of the the future look like right now? Yeah. I mean, you just got into the new building, you're, but you're building programs. Anything that you can share with us right now that yeah, yeah you're thinking about? Or? I'd love to. So, um, so the playgroups I already mentioned. Um, the we're also starting more parent uh, education and parent. I don't want to say parent support groups because that scares some people away, but just social groups for parents uh, and and um, education nights where we're focusing on certain topics. And um, so starting in July, I've just uh, hired or changed positions for one person and we're going to have a um, volunteer and community outreach coordinator uh, who's going to help with those uh, types of events and setting that stuff up. Um, so really hopeful about that uh, to support our families. And then we're growing like crazy. Uh, enrollment's up 23% over the last year. Whoa, that's a big increase. Huge. We're, we're planning can you, on another. Can you handle that? We can't. So that was one of the whole goals in, in creating this new space is being able to accommodate twice as many children. So um, right now, let's see, I want to say this month we're serving like over 200 kids, uh, 211, I think something like that. Um, and we're set to serve about 450 this year. Um, when we decided to move and grow, they, the way they put it when they were first planning this, I think we had about a hundred and uh, about a hundred kids enrolled and they wanted to double our enrollment. Well, that language stayed all along as we grew over uh-huh. those 20 years. So now doubling enrollment is 600 kids a year. Wow. But we are already, you know, 23% closer to that than we were a year ago. So we're expecting another 23, 24% growth this year. So the need is just exceptionally high. It's huge. How can you fund this kind of growth? Like, yeah. how, how does that work? Yeah. Um, we, our funding comes from so many different sources. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to follow. You're like the layers of a croissant. There's just so yeah. many. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I have brought on new staff, they're like, "Wait a minute, I don't, I don't understand this." Uh, especially if it's somebody who's not come from the nonprofit world. You know, you're you're digging up funds from wherever <laughs> you can possibly yep. get support. Um, but a good portion of our funding comes from the state early support for infants and toddlers program. Um, which is, uh, you know, funded with special education dollars. That's awesome that Washington state prioritizes this. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And they've got a really strong system, a strong program. So they contract with Spokane Regional Health, Spokane Regional Health contracts with us and four other providers in the county. Um, we are, as a nonprofit, we also help families um, afford the cost of the services. So, uh, you know, if you had a child with Down syndrome, for example, um, or with cerebral palsy or, or uh, another, um, you know, issue from birth that might require a lot of therapies, uh-huh. your insurance doesn't necessarily change um, just because they need more. You, If you have, you know... 16 therapy visits a year, just like somebody who needs knee surgery or something. Yep. You might have, uh, you might hit that cliff. Yep. Yep. And once you've used those up, then you're paying out of pocket and, and that doesn't change based on the child's need. And so, um, we help families kind of navigate the hurdles of their insurance and try to 
make the most of that uh, to the best of our ability. And you must have some pretty amazing people because that seems just hard. We do. Uh, we have a billing specialist who loves it. She's like, in the let, zone. Me, let me know what your insurance yeah. is. Okay, here's what they do. And I've got somebody to call and she, you know, works with the family. And uh, I love that. Yeah. Um, she also gets to have this wonderful conversation with each and every family, which is we want this, we want to take the burden of, you know, one more stressor away from you. So if you can contribute, wonderful. We're happy to have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if help this us is, keep this going. Yep. But if this is going to cause additional stress, that's going to take your mind away from helping your child in this critical period, let us help you with that. And, um, and that, is it's just a gift and and i love that we're able to offer that and we're able to offer it with the help of all of the people in our community who help support our program so we raise a little over a million a year uh to help with cost shares and co-pays that's uh, impressive that's yeah. great that the community is like no we are in support they really are huh. and and uh about 70 percent of our families are medicaid eligible um so we have a fair number of, of families who um, aren't required to pay cost shares and co-pays but you might also, many people might also understand that Medicaid, unfortunately, you know, pays their bills at a very low rate. Yes, they do. And slow. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but we, we are able to serve every single family with the same really high quality care. And that's one of the other things that, um, sorry, I'm rambling all over oh, the place. Oh, no. So uh, this is things. so exciting. Um, but with this new building, it was really important to us to be able to make a statement to every family that comes through the door that you deserve this amazing place that's designed for you. It's, you know, we've got little tiny toilets and little tiny sinks and changing tables and, and just all the, those might seem like little things, but when you're trying and wide hallways and, um, you know, when you're trying to navigate with a couple of kiddos and wheelchairs and equipment and it, it's, um, it's cumbersome, it's, it's challenging. And so we, our organization, like a lot of other nonprofits, you know, started in a church basement and then was in a borrowed school building that was... That's when I remember. It was up by my grandparents' house of Alberta. Yep. Yep. Huh. On Garland. And, and the Spoken Public Schools um, surplused that building, oh gosh, 35 years ago and said, it's not in great shape or, you know, but if you guys want to use it, we'll let you use it. And they were very generous. Let us use it for a dollar a year <laughs> for 30 plus years. Um, but we decided, you know, our, our families deserve something really special. They, we want to send that message to them that they deserve the very best. And so um, we're not accustomed to operating that way. We're used to, you know, being as frugal as possible. And, but that also communicates something to our families, sometimes unintentionally, that, you know, you're, you're only worth what we can scrape up. And yep, that's you're not part true. Of this part of the system. Yeah. Yeah. And so we wanted I to, I love that vision. Yeah. We wanted to invest yeah. in our families and in their experience and their vision of themselves and, and what their children deserve. Well, you did it. <laughs> and now like say you're, you're part of the U district. Like how does that connect now with all the stuff that's happening yeah. with, you know, the universities there, um, some of the, you know, business incubators, the, mm -hmm. the medicine school of medicine that's happening. Like how's that integration going? Right. Um, we have a good problem to have right now, which is feeling like there are so many 
open doors <laughs> that we're trying to, a great to problem. yeah, trying to figure out, um, where to, you know, what to put our efforts into. So, um, probably the biggest challenge is that everybody is so excited about us being down there and having this, these new opportunities for their students that they want to just flood us with students and we want to be able to take them, but we also it has to be planned. <laughs> it, it does because it can really detract. We, we don't want anything to detract from our services or our program. So we want to, you know, we wouldn't want to sacrifice serving a family with the highest quality services in order to add a student into the mix. You Makes know? sense. So, um, so yeah, just being really strategic about how many students we can take and, um, and how that works and, and using them as an asset to the program, as volunteers, as, you know, in, in the best possible way, um, so that we can be true to our mission, um, and collaborate with them to, to really, um, train more professionals for the future to do this work. Yeah. Well, it's incredible. Yeah. We're, you get to be a part of that. Um, yeah, that future of bringing people into this profession. It's true. Yeah. And, and the opportunities that have the same joy that you got when you came in the first time you're like, Oh, I hope this so. is what I want. I hope so. And we see it like right now we've got, um, the, uh, pediatric psychiatry fellows that are here in Spokane doing rotations with us. So they're seeing kind of what, you know, what does autism look like at its very earliest stages? And, and how do we decide when to diagnose, when not to diagnose? How do parents, you know, when they're seeing a child, they often won't start seeing them until they're a little bit older. But what has that path looked like before they see them? And now they're getting real life training. Mm-hmm. Yep. Powerful. And, and some child development background that's not otherwise not really built into their program. Um, that seems kind of shocking, but I mean... <laughs> there's there are only yep, so many the hours in the day yeah, yeah exactly yeah so um and then we'll have the pediatric uh residents doing residencies with us as well and so those kinds of things third year medical students having experiences thinking just because of this outreach we've been do doing and and the work to let you know everybody know that we're here in the community and we're we're a center of excellence and we're um, wanting to work with these students. Every pediatrician coming out of the programs here will know what early intervention is, what early supports for infants and toddlers is. So they'll know how to refer a child, when to refer a child, what that looks like, what happens, you know, once they get that referral. Um, that's so powerful because that's the ripple effect because all yeah. these residents – they all end up some community somewhere, right. some of them in rural communities that don't have anything that looks like a Joya, but they will have some experience yeah. to be able to diagnose and really help wherever they're living, wherever they're practicing. Yeah. And to know awesome. that maybe we don't have that, but it is here in our state. So there's a program we can reach out to and, and figure out just, just, it's shocking how many um, people don't know that these services exist. Well, I'm so happy that you've been able to join us today. And I know our listeners like, right, this is pretty exciting stuff. If you want to get involved with Joya, please go to their website, see what's going on. Um, yeah, I just blown away. And I wish we had Thank so you. much more time. But Colleen, any like parting thoughts, anything that you might challenge Spokane to or our community or maybe even to think about? We're all ears. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Hmm. 
<laughs> just know that there are so many good things happening in the world and and um there are so many families that just love their children and are working so hard to try to support them in every way they can. When you see them out in the community and you see a family and you've got a two-year-old on the floor throwing a temper tantrum, <laughs> give them some grace. <laughs> yeah, you don't know um, what's happening. No, and uh, and if you have any questions, any developmental concerns about any child in your life, um, send them our way. Bring them to a play group and you can ask some questions. There's no, you know, no commitment involved. Uh, we're very just open to to answering questions and no commitment no judgment yeah yeah just just welcome and it's it'll be a fun playful experience and you might learn something colleen thank you so much for joining us today and letting us know about you the work that you're doing and yeah just been really fun thanks for joining us thanks for inviting me